Mark chapter 5 from verse 21 onwards. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Jesus. Mark chapter 5, and I will read from verse 21 onwards. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. I'm going to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. There are some key principles that God wants us to learn today. Hold on to so that we can overcome the works of darkness through the principles that God will give to us. Because these principles are tools. They are weapons that God gives to us. You see here, there's this man called Jairus. And he was one of the rulers of the synagogue. He had a leading position in the synagogue back then while Jesus was there. And Jairus had a need. Jairus had a need. And his need was his daughter, whom he had, only daughter, she became very sick. And we know that the sickness was so grave, it was so bad, that he needed Jesus at that hour. It's not like a regular fever that will come stay for two days and it will go. But this was a life and death situation that he knew Whatever physician that he took to, they were not able to do anything for Jairus and his daughter. And so he knew, I got to get to Jesus before something happens to her. I don't want to lose her. So he had this in his heart. If I go to Jesus, she will not die. She will live. There was hope in Jairus' heart. Jairus had faith. And because he had faith, he came to Jesus Christ. Each one of you, you're here in the presence of God because you have faith, because you know God is here, and that's why you are here. Jairus came to Jesus because he knew that Jesus was going to do something about his problem. Faith is the key. It is very important. We cannot come to God without faith. The Bible says, he who comes to God must believe that he is God, he is almighty, that he can, he will, that he is sufficient. When I go to him, he will answer me. He who comes to God must believe that he is. That means he is the living God, that he is alive. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He has power over our situation. He can turn our darkness into light. He can turn our night into day. And this 
faith is absolutely necessary when we come to God. When we come to God, we must believe that he is. And then he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That means if you diligently seek the living God, he will reward you. If you diligently seek the living God, he will reward you. I want to say it again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. If you diligently, that means if you really, really with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, if you really seek God, he for sure will reward you. He will reward you. You will never be not noticed by God. He will notice your diligence and he will reward you for your diligence. That means with what purpose you're coming to God for. God will reward you. Not the way we think. When he rewards you, it will go above and beyond what anyone can even understand and comprehend. His reward always is big. It's not small. We may come to God for something little, but God rewards us with exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. This is who our God is. So when you look at Jairus, Jairus comes to Jesus Christ and he was in so much pain, agonizing pain over the condition of his daughter. He's seeing her suffer and he knows that she's going to die. He did not want her to die. Which parent would want their child to die? He came running to Jesus and he just threw himself at the feet of Jesus and said, do something about my situation, Lord, because I know that if you come and touch her, if you lay your hands on her, she will live. You know that Jairus knew one thing, that Jesus carried power in his body. Jesus had power in his body. When Jesus touched the sick people. The power from Jesus' body went into the sick people's body and it healed them. So he knew that, Jesus, if you come to my house, if you touch my child, my child will live. He had that very strong faith. His faith was, even though my daughter's situation is beyond repair, even though my daughter's situation is not curable, even though her situation predicts death for her, I know if Jesus would come, he has the power. The power that Jesus has is more powerful than this deadly disease. He had that faith. It's a very good thing. He had a good amount of faith. He didn't say, if I come to Jesus, maybe she'll get healed. Maybe she won't get healed, but I'll give it a shot. No, he knew that if Jesus would come and if he would touch this girl's body, then the power that is inside Jesus' body, which is so powerful, this is more powerful than the deadly disease itself. He had that much faith. So with that faith, he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, if you will just come and if you lay your hands on her, she may be healed and she will live. He had no doubt that she will live. She will live. No matter who said what, he knew that if I can just take Jesus with me to my house, if he can just... Come and touch my daughter. This problem will be solved. Very good, very good starting place to begin his journey of faith. He brought his faith, active faith, persistent faith. It was a good amount of faith. And he came there to Jesus for something, something big. Because the situation was that bad. Jesus' power was greater than the situation that was there. And he brought his faith to Jesus. And you have the healer, you have faith. And faith and healer, when it comes together, they meet together. Equation is, a miracle is going to take place. If no one is playing games and they really are coming with faith, this is bound to happen. This is the equation. It will happen. Faith in Jesus Christ, his healing power, his miraculous power, When 
it makes contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens is miracle will happen. It's bound to happen. So with that faith, he comes to Jesus and we see what Jesus says over here. And he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now we see the scripture where God says the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous person or the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. That means it produces outstanding results. When we fervently pray, when our heart is right before God, and when we pray with perseverance, God will answer us. It brings us outstanding results. Not just something in the ordinary, but something extraordinary will happen when we pray with persistence and pray with the faith that will meet with God and get the answers from God. Now you see here, she, he came to her and he's telling her, Lord, you come lay hands on my daughter. She will live. And Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. There's a very important principle that is here. What we believe is what we receive. The measure of faith and what we expect, that is what is going to happen because this is like this. If you want to take something from the pot, right? You have a pot and you have the nice sauce in there, stew in there, whatever is in there. Just think whatever you like. I just don't think about food now, but just an illustration. I'm not here to get you hungry, but you look at that and you want to eat and you have your plate there. You can go with a little toothpick there. Can you do that? You can go with a little toothpick and you can dip it and you can get what you want. Just sticking to the toothpick. Or you can just go, you know, with a fork, there and just dip it and then no 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 mm, tastes good you can do like that and go or you can take a spoon or you can come with a big ladle spatula you can take whatever you want to and and you can pour as much as you want to you can just take that and you can just put one and you can go or you can just put in your whole the, the whole thing and there are some people you know what they say spatula no spatula they'll say I'll take the pot and just pour the whole thing in my plate and they can take how much ever they want to faith is like that what you want to get, to what extent you use the faith you have with, what tool you use in order to get it, will get you the results that we need to get in this physical realm. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If we say, this is what I need to, if I, if I just roll 50 times and 50 times I roll and, and I will just completely like memorize the scripture and I'll go upside down and I will just do whatever it is and plead and cry out with God, cry to God and ask something. God will say, okay, you're rolling and you know, you're expressing faith while you're rolling. He'll say, okay, I'll give it to you. But you don't need to roll. And you don't need to do things that you don't have to because our God can hear and he can answer. His power is far greater than what we can understand. Now you look at this man. This man says, you come Lord and you touch. When you touch, this will happen. His faith was, Jesus must come. Jesus must touch my daughter. Now we also saw, oh, when was it? Syrophoenician woman, sometime last week, Bible study or morning, I don't know, somewhere God spoke to us about the Syrophoenician woman and his daughter. And how the Syrophoenician, I think last Sunday, right? Sunday, yeah. Yeah, so Syrophoenician woman's faith, how she didn't even have to bring her daughter or take Jesus to her house. She knew that if he says the word, that's enough. And she said, I am going home. And she went home. Her faith 
reached out to Jesus in a much bigger way. She's like the woman who just takes a pot and says, I'm going. God is looking for people who not only have active faith, but you have to have strong faith and a persistent faith and faith that can make things happen from there to here, from the supernatural realm to the natural realm. For that, our line has to be clear before God. The channel has to be clear before God. Only then, that kind of a faith will come to us. And also, with the faith that God has given, knowledge is important. To what extent can we fill ourselves with God himself, what God can do? So, this man says, you come home, and Jesus didn't say, well, I don't have to come home. I can say a word. He didn't say that. If you look at Jesus, how you go to him, and what you ask from him, that's what he will do. When you go to him and you say, Lord, do this for me, and he will do that for you. If you say, Lord, say a word, he'll say, say you. What is he looking for? Is Jesus giving all his control to you and say, okay, you do whatever you want to? No. He will work with you. With what faith you have, he will work with your faith because he wants to help you. Jesus wants to help you. So Jesus looks at this man and he knew that this man has this much faith. With this much faith, I will come and help him. I will come and meet with him. Now you go to the next section as you just go here. Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but rather Rather grew worse. How many of you have felt that? You went and tried everything and the doctor said, take this and try that and do this and do that. You felt more and more, more sick until Jesus touched you. This is our God. And this woman was like that. She had the sickness, terrible sickness. The doctor was not able to help. Doctor is not God. They try to do what they can do. But when they can't do, they'll say, we can't do anything. But when we go to God, God never says, I've tried all. I'm so sorry. God never says, I'm so sorry to anyone. He answers us and he answers us in his time and speedily and he gives to us that which we need when we go to him and ask him for that which he has and our faith makes that connection with God. So now you have this woman who tried everything and she's at a loss, a big loss. Money has been going out from her to the doctors and now she got so poor because she gave everything to the physicians and she got physically ill. Now if you're so physically ill, you can't work and what you have is all gone and she's at a state where no help is around her. And at this point, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. If you can just go and and take a camera and just take her whole life story, you will know what happened. Just the Bible just gives like two, three sentences because you can't have a huge Bible carrying around the whole world-sized Bible. Because if you look at this woman's situation, everything looked opposite. Everything. Health was gone. Money was gone. People were gone. When she looked at herself, she was this poor, lonely woman. Woman had no future, nothing. Everything was gone. In that situation, she heard this. The news that she heard was, Jesus can heal her. When she heard about Jesus, what did she hear about Jesus? That Jesus is able to heal her condition. We saw that last week. Someone went and told the Syrophoenician woman that Jesus can heal your daughter. That means the daughter's situation is 
Smaller than the power of Jesus. Whatever you're facing, someone comes and says, Oh, you know what? Yes, this looks like the big world. It's like a world-sized problem. But you have God who is bigger than the universe himself. And if you bring him into your life, this problem will become nothing. When the person's faith comes in contact with the news, the truth, what happens? All of a sudden, they say, I can get healed. And they get up and they go to the healer. So now you look at this woman. Her situation was so bad. All the doctors gave up hope. And she had nothing. But she had something deep inside of her. Which was faith. Very important. Faith was there. As soon as she heard that, Jesus can do this. She didn't say, well, it won't happen for me. It happened for them. But this condition is really bad and it's not going to happen. She was not a woman of unbelief. Or she was not a double-minded woman. She had one thing. That Jesus can heal. And if you look at her faith, her faith was strong faith. She said, if I can just go and touch the hem of his garment. If I can just go and just touch his clothes. If I can just go and touch the tiny part of his clothing I shall be made well you see one man's faith Jesus come to my house touch my daughter she will be made whole that's one kind of faith it will happen because the power of Jesus goes from his body to the person which is true but then you have another kind of faith where that person says his body not only has the power his clothing has the power so if I can just touch his clothing that's enough if I touch this clothing I shall be made well Faith to faith. You see, one faith, one level of faith is, I want God to touch me and it will happen. This faith has no doubt, no doubt at all. It says, if Jesus touches my child, she will live. Perfect faith. But then you have a perfect faith, but the size is bigger. There is a difference in faith. Small faith, big faith, medium faith, all kinds of faith. Faith can be measured by what we believe and how we believe. And that's why we grow, we grow from faith to faith. We go from faith to faith and we grow in our faith. And so when you look at this kind of faith, you see that Jesus says, right? If you have faith as a mustard seed and you don't doubt in your heart, that doesn't talk about weak faith. It talks about a faith that knows that if it goes to God, it will get the result. Now, it could be if he comes and lays hands on me. That's one type of faith. And then the next type of faith is if I can just touch the hem of his garment. That means even if he's doing something, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's enough. It is in his clothing. Power is in his clothing. She had that kind of faith. That means even without Jesus knowing, even if he's talking to people, even if he's praying for somebody, if I can just make contact with his clothes, great faith, great faith, great faith she had. She said, I am going to go and touch. She was determined. She was not someone who says, oh, maybe I can have, you know, do this. And maybe I won't be able to do this. What if somebody comes and pushes me away? And how can I touch his clothes? And he's a man and all kinds of things, you know, she could have. Thought or thoughts could have came to her mind. But she didn't let any of those things dominate her mind. She said, I'm going. She was determined. Faith, active faith will be determined to get what it needs to get. And will not go without getting it. I want to say it one more time. Active faith will be determined to get what it needs to get because it knows that it can get and will not leave without getting it. That's what active faith is. Active faith is, I am going to get this. I will come back getting this and I'm not coming back without getting this. That's what active faith is. Adamant faith. It says, I will get a faith without wavering is the kind of faith that will move heaven and earth to get results for you. So you look at this woman. She said that, 
I am going to touch his clothes and I will be made well if I can just get to his clothes. So her whole mindset was, I need to get to his clothes. I need to get to his clothes. And you look at Jairus. He says, I need to get Jesus' hands. Jesus' hands need to touch my daughter. And Jesus, I need to touch his clothes. You have two different types of faith. And then we see from last week how that woman, she comes and she says, daughter is not there and Jesus is here and she is there. She's telling, Lord, cast out the demon for my daughter. Cast out the demon. Daughter is not even there. Look at her faith. You see three different types of faith. And then you also see the centurion who comes and says, Lord, you just say a word. That's enough. God is speaking to our hearts today. With all that we know, how much do we believe him? What kind of faith do we have? A lot of times we can see the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old, same old thing and say that this is never going to change. Same old, same old. But seeing the same old, same old, will your same old self change from where you are to becoming that which God wants you to become so that you can have that persistent faith that can move mountains, that can actually get things done. Not seeing other things get done and some other things not get done. But do you have the faith to not waver no matter what happens? No matter what happens, do you know, do you know that if you can get to Jesus, God can perform a miracle for you? What kind of faith do you have? Is your faith wavering or is your faith not wavering? Is your faith an adamant faith? Is your faith a steadfast faith? Is your faith an immovable faith? And no one was able to move this feeble woman. Woman itself, people say, oh, this is feeble. You can just you push, push like that and go. If a strong person comes, they can push, right? Sick woman. In the midst of all the people there, she was frail. Lot of blood loss, frail. Weak woman, but she was determined. I'm going to touch his clothes. I am going to touch his clothes. Power from his clothes. I'm going to touch his clothes. And what exactly happened? In order for Jesus' power to go from him to her, there was this transfer that happened from his body to his clothes to her. When she touched his clothes, something happened. It's not just her hands. See, physical contact is very important. That's why we say, be very careful. Don't go and hug everybody and hang on to everybody and and uh, um, have physical contact with everybody. Because touching can transfer something to you or transfer something from someone to you. There's this. Hand is a point of contact. And you look at this woman She came with this intention. The intention is, I'm going to touch him and I'm going to get well. And there's this power from his body that is there. When she went and touched him, because the contact was not a regular contact, this was contact was made by faith. It drew the power of God from God. Because faith and God's anointing, when it comes together, will produce the miracle. While Jesus was there, lots of people were around him. The Bible says here, let's just continue reading. And let's read here. When she heard about Jesus, verse 27, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If 
only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She says, I don't even need to talk to him. I don't even need to say anything to him. Lord, pray over me and do this or not. If I can just do this, I shall be made well. Very strong faith she had. Weak body, but strong faith. Now, immediately, this is what she did. She thought and she did that. When she did that, immediately the fountain of her body was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. How did that happen? How did that physical healing happen? She just touched his clothes and all of a sudden, whatever sickness was there was gone. Whether it's a physical condition, there's an origin for that all the time. Something is causing that. When she touched the hem of the garment, whatever was causing them just left her body. When that left, all of a sudden, the sickness was gone. She was made whole. Two things happen. When healing happens, two things happen. Whatever is causing the sickness is driven out. And then, once it's driven out, you need to be healed, right? Whatever problem-causing thing is there, now that's removed. If an infection is there, the bacteria has to go. Once the bacteria is out, what needs to happen? Healing has to happen. And that's what happens when the virtue from the Lord Jesus Christ comes. It does two things. When the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus comes, even in our church, when the anointing of God is released, two things happen. One is it dries out the enemy. It drives out the enemy that gives sickness. And then it brings his healing into our bodies to give us the healing that we need. Whatever it may be. God is speaking to our hearts today. Our faith has been strong enough to make contact with God Almighty. When we make contact with God Almighty, God does these two types of things in our body, even when it comes to our soul or mind, the same thing happens. Whatever the enemy may be doing to our bodies, whether harassing our body, harassing our mind, harassing our spirit, or harassing the family, whatever it may be, when the anointing of God comes in contact with your faith or your faith comes in contact with the anointing of God, the demon that is causing all these things is driven out. Once it's driven out, the empty space shouldn't be there. The spirit of God has to come and give that healing there. Once that is done, then the sickness is not there. The symptom is not there. Everything is gone. Then there's this testimony that I am healed. So you look at this woman in her body. She was healed of the affliction that she was carrying for a long time. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? Because he felt that someone with faith made contact just with his clothes. Just somewhere like that. But when the touch came, her expectation is, I will get healed. I will get healed. That's what faith is. When that contact was made... The power of God came out of his body and drove out that sickness and gave her the healing. So no more of that symptom. The root of it is gone. And now Jesus is asking, who touched me? When she touched him, power went out of his body and he knew that someone got healed. It's not that Jesus didn't know. Jesus wanted, just like with the Syrophoenician woman, Jesus wanted everybody to know her faith. Learn from it. Learn from what she did today. That's the reason why he actually brought that up. Who touched me? I mean, if he knew the power went and touched, he knows who touched her. But he's asking this question. And his disciples said to him, again, 
They said, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? Unbelievable. They even had that kind of freedom to go and talk to him like that. Jesus is so good. He just ignored their blabbering. You know, the Bible says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. You see that displayed here. Jesus did not answer them. He's asking, who touched me? You know, you know when I used to teach in, in the public school, if I ask the kids, who knows the answer for this? You'll have some kids who'll raise their hands and say, yeah, I don't know, you know. Or if they say, who wants to do this? They'll say, I don't want to do this. The question is, who wants to, right? But you'll have a bunch of kids who'll say, I don't want to do this. That's not what was asked. Jesus is asking, who touched me? That means whoever touched is supposed to talk, not the disciples. But you see these disciples talking out of turn, all of a sudden saying that, oh, Jesus, as if Jesus doesn't know. But Jesus did not answer them. He's so majestic. He's so broad-minded. He didn't waste his time. He's looking for the answer that will come from this daughter of Abraham. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. What a beautiful conversation here. You see a bunch of these people who are with him, faithless people, with him all the time. But when somebody touched him and Jesus is asking who touched him, they said, Lord, so many people are there. What kind of question are you asking? Jesus did not talk to them, but look at the love and the way he is talking to this woman. He said, daughter, she was so scared. The comfort he brings, he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. You came with faith, right? You said that I'm going to come and touch the hem of your garment. You brought that faith. And that's what brought you the healing. That's what gave you the healing. He says, be healed of your affliction. That sentence is very important. Be healed of your affliction. Why did he even have to say that? He's sealing what was done. That means whatever was left is not going to come back. Total healing. Go back. The gentle words of the Lord Jesus Christ. No one is so loving and affectionate and tender hearted like Jesus Christ. Yet so majestic. But to his people, he's full of love. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. You see the level of faith that meets God. And you see how God honors that faith. God will honor your faith. When you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you for this and I will not waver. That's the main thing. The Bible says Abraham did not waver in faith. He did not look at his circumstance at all. That's why God honored him. God will honor your faith. If you say, Lord, I'm believing you for this. And I will believe you for this. No matter how the situation looks, I will believe you for this. God will honor our faith. He will. And he will show himself strong on behalf of all those whose hearts are loyal towards him. That means, I know you will do it, Lord. I will not move away from you. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Don't be afraid, only believe. Now, 
while this miracle is taking place, someone comes and says, don't bother with Jesus. You wanted her to live. That's why you went to Jesus, but she's dead. What's the point? Let's focus on funeral now. That's the news that's coming from there. But Jesus says, don't be afraid, only believe. You believe that your daughter will live, right? Whether she's sick or dead doesn't matter. She will live. Come on, let's go. That's what Jesus said. What a good God we have. What a good God we have. The result that we see in front is not going to alter the promise that God has given to you. I want to repeat as the Holy Spirit wants me to. The result that you're seeing in front of you right now cannot alter the word that God has given to you. Whatever you see in front of you, whether it's sickness or death itself, it cannot alter the word that has proceeded out of the mouth of God if you believe that. This is what will happen. If I believe that my daughter will live, she will live. Period. We must not waver. We must not waver. Jesus is speaking to him. He says, don't be afraid. Only believe. What is Jesus doing here? He's not telling that, hey, now, you see, um, I'm going to give you a big lecture on the spirit of fear and how the spirit of fear is operating and how you must rebuke and, and resist and stomp on it and scream out loud. Jesus is not saying any of those things. One sentence. Don't be afraid. Believe. One word from God is enough for us. When he says don't be afraid, all we need to do is He spoke, she's going to live. She's going to live. A very simple solution for fear. Simple solution for fear. When Satan brings fear to you, it's important to bring what God has spoken to you right in front of you. That's it. You don't have to have conversations with the devil. All you need to do is, he said she will live. She will live. She will live. She will live. When Satan spews lies upon you, it is important to meditate on the truth of God. As the Bible says, you overcome evil with good. The same way you overcome lies with the truth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When God speaks the word, that is good enough for me. When God says something, no matter what the enemy does, it is important for me to believe what God said and believe on that only Not believe on what God said and believe on what the doctor said. Believe on what God said and believe on what the circumstance says. That will be like the double-minded person who is unstable in all his ways and will not get anything from God. So it's important when Satan brings lies to you, it's important to beat that lie to submission by speaking what God has spoken. If he says, don't be afraid, only believe. You know what Jairus did at that point? Jesus is coming, she's going to live, she's going to live, she's going to live, she's going to live. Even though he got the news that the daughter died, he knew that. He said, don't be afraid, that's all. His confidence was completely placed upon God. It's important. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against the enemy. When and where and how? In the lives of those who look to the spirit of God and not to the enemy. You know, in the Bible, when God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt and they're all going towards the promised land, they're out of Egypt and they're all so happy and they said, oh, thank God that we're out and look, we're not just coming just with our kids and with our elderly, but we took their pots and pans and we got their gold and their silver and we got their clothing and now we have so much and they're all so happy. We got the animals, we got everything and they have the Egyptian stuff also and they're all going. 
or while they are going, something happened. All of a sudden, you have the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire and God himself is leading them and the prophet of God is going before. Now all of a sudden, they said, we hear something. And they said, let's look back and see. When they looked back, they saw Pharaoh's army coming after them. When they saw Pharaoh's army coming after them, what did they do? They took their eyes off of God himself who was going before. All of a sudden, instead of walking like this, they started going like this. What will happen if you try to walk backwards? You cannot see back and try to go forward. You won't go forward at that point. At that point, you're going to start reversing. You're going to start regressing. It's important when the enemy shows something, when the enemy tries to do something to you, it is important for you not to pay attention to the enemy. How many of you have taken exams and you're in the examination hall? And then you have uh, the person, the proctor over there, walking around, checking everybody. Now, if you're just sitting and looking at everybody, how cute that person is, this person is writing. Hmm. Did they finish? Oh, look at the proctor going around. Hmm, the proctor is sitting, resting. And if you keep on looking at the proctor, will you be able to finish your paper? Even if somebody gets 10 times and they say, oh, I need to get, get water, I need to get this, and excuse me, and this and that, and all those things. A person who is set on finishing their paper, they are not going to take their head off of their paper. They're going to look at what they're doing, and they're going to write and finish it. We must be God-oriented people and His Word. We have to keep our eyes on the Lord. Whatever is happening, whatever the enemy may do, while you're walking, he may whistle and he may knock things down and whatever he may do, if you can just keep your eyes on Jesus, you will make it. Not just barely make it, you'll victoriously make it. It's important for you to look up and not look back. That's where they failed. Now, Jairus heard this news, this depth news about his daughter. But in the midst of all of that, Jairus refused to keep his eyes on death. He kept his eyes on life. The Lord of life is going with him. Once Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe, that was it. All of a sudden, his heart shifted from death to life. He said, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. He knew that he is coming, he is coming. Now, Jairus didn't see Jesus come and raise somebody before that. But he knew one thing. His faith has gone from where it was to a whole new level. There are times in our lives, God will allow things like this to happen. We may have a good amount of faith and we'll we'll be so happy. We know I have the faith to get this done. But while you have the faith to get it done, something worse will happen. What you're believing for is not happening. And there's a delay there. When what you're believing for is not happening and there's a delay there, you must know that God wants you to exercise greater faith. He wants to bump you up from where you are to where you need to be. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Good thing or a bad thing? Good thing. But in order for that to happen, we need to go through the process that God is taking us through. And that process could be painful if we focus on pain. That process could be very difficult if we make it difficult. God is speaking to our hearts today. Yes, this was terrible. Yes, the daughter suffered. Yes, the daughter died. Just like Lazarus. But we know one thing. The Lord of life is coming. 
he is going to do something. Jairus' faith just exploded at that point from where he was. His faith was, I will see my daughter live if Jesus comes and touches her while she is sick. But now she's dead. God says, don't be afraid. Jairus, only believe. And you know what Jairus did? He only believed. That's all. No room for unbelief. Jairus had no room for unbelief. His faith just soared from one level to the other. Walking with the God of heaven and earth. The word himself. So, now, he, verse 37, permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Three people that Jesus took with him. You think about that. These three are exceptional out of the twelve. Imagine how the twelve would have been. Jeez. And Jesus is taking these three. A lot of times talking out of turns and, and they had a lot to learn. Jesus left the other nine and he took the three with him. And not because the three were perfect, but he was training. And we see what happened. How many times, you know, Peter messed up. All the way to the cross. But Jesus gave an opportunity every single time. Knowing that you're going to change. You're going to go forward. You're going to go forward. Faith in Jesus. Moved him to do that which was impossible. Taking these bunch of people. And to turn them into people who will be like him. It's a project, big project. You need a lot of faith for that. And Jesus had that. He had compassion. He had faith. And Jesus took these three people. We always know that when God does things, he does it in a beautiful manner. Imagine the nine says, I can't believe that he's taking those three people. Jesus is just taking those three people and we are back home over here. Why can't we get a peek into what he is doing? What are these people? We're special people and they get to go with him and not us. That attitude is not good. God does things according to his perfect will. He took these three people. He said today, you three are coming with me. And you see later on how Peter raised a little girl. After Jesus was gone, he did the same miracle. Now this is training ground. Not because he was qualified, but God saw something that he saw that he could work with at that point. And he said, come, let's go. Now he is taking them. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now you have the whole bunch of relatives and, and neighbors and they all say, oh, we saw her playing yesterday and she was doing this day before yesterday and, and she's such a sweetheart and, you know, look what happened to her and we can't believe this happened and they're all crying and, you know, some really crying and some seeing whether somebody is seeing and crying and, and some wishing like good for him and then go all crying and all kinds of tears. You know, you have fake tears, you have hypocritical tears, you have real tears and, and you have people who are just watching all kinds of people there like we see everywhere drama right drama 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 you have the uh, you know the only mother grandmother who are close to they would have genuinely wept and you have a whole bunch of people who are there oh some will say thank god it's not my daughter you know you have that also there and then i'm crying for you i feel you you can't feel unless you're the person when people say i understand we think like really how can you even understand if you're not even there you can't 
you have a bunch of people there, all of them making all kinds of commotion and Jesus is going there. What is he trying to do? He's going to go raise his God from the dead. Can you do something like that over there with everybody going, <laughs> all of them crying. He needed people of faith. That atmosphere had to change. Because this atmosphere is death. Life has to come in. Can't be weeping and wailing over there when God is here. And he said to them something. He said, why make this commotion weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now, Jesus is not an ordinary person. See, if Jairus went out and he came inside and he said, why are you all people crying and are you out of your mind and, and the, my daughter is not dead? I don't believe she's, you know, there are people like that. Even after somebody dies, they say that, you know, I know somebody was like that, you know. Somebody died, they said, I refuse to believe that they're, I mean, if you refuse to believe they're dead, is it going to alter the fact that the person died? No. But one person can say that, which is God Almighty. Because he knows who's sleeping and he knows who's dead. If he's going to wake them up, that means they're sleeping. If he knows that he's not going to wake them up, that means they are gone to the place of the dead. They're not coming back. This Jesus had the power to raise the dead. And this Jesus opened blind eyes and deaf ears. And all these fellows who were there, they all knew the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he said that, why are you making this commotion? The child is not dead but sleeping. They ridiculed him. What did they say? They said, oh really? You don't know there's no pulse in this body is cold and you see. They all started laughing all of a sudden. All those were crying. All of them started laughing and they made fun of him. But when he had put them all outside, that's where you see the king of kings, God almighty. He said, get them out of here. Such a beautiful father. The one who just said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now he says, get them out of here. He's the boss. Perfect God. He said, I can't work with these people over here. Get them out of here. What did he get out of there? He got a whole bunch of people who are filled with unbelief. Who did not acknowledge his power. They ridiculed him. How dare they ridiculed him? They couldn't open a blind eye. They see his power. When he's coming there to do a miracle, they all made fun of him. Jesus sent them all outside. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. He knew who was really broken. He knew whose heart Hearts were really aching. He knew the mother should be there. The father should be there. And then these three people that he took with them, they should be there. And these are the people who are going to witness this powerful event that was going to take place. Worthy of seeing. What will make us worthy of seeing the miraculous things in the supernatural? Our faith in God. Our faith in God. It will draw from the supernatural realm to the natural realm. That which God alone can do. Now Jairus is walking with him. He goes into the room. And Jesus took the child by the hand and said to her. Talitha kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Jesus knew what he was doing. Just like how he went to stood in front of Lazarus' grave. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. He was dead. 
the dead shall hear the voice of God. And they will come back. If he says he is sleeping, if he says she is sleeping, whether it's Lazarus or this girl, that means he's going to get that person up. He goes to her and he says, little girl, I'm telling you, get up. At your command, the dead, he gets up. At the command of God, the dead girl, she rises up. Hallelujah. The word of God is all powerful. What happened after that? As soon as he spoke to her, she was dead. No pulse, no heartbeat. Body is cold. Imagine the death news came and Jesus walked all along, all that long way to get there. She was gone completely. It's not like somebody you can do CPR and get them back. She was totally gone. But to that dead body, when Jesus went and touched her, he said, little girl, get up, arise. All of a sudden, the soul, the spirit of that girl heard the voice of Jesus and just went into the body and the girl got up. And they were overcome with great amazement. They said, wow, we've never seen something like this. I can't believe this. This is happening in front of me. This is actually happening in front of me. What Jairus expected happened. What you expect will happen. That's what faith is. When you believe that this is what God will do, even if what you came for became worse than when you came to God to begin with. We need to know one thing. If he said she will live, she will live. Doesn't matter if she'll be sick or dead or even three days or four days in the tomb. Doesn't matter. If he says she will live, she will live. If he says he will live, he will live. Whatever your situation may be, if you believe in the power of the almighty God, if you believe in what God can do, and you believe with everything that is within you, and have that tenacious faith, persistent faith, and you say that, I am not going to go by what I see, because I know he has said something, and this is what he is going to do. No matter how everything may appear in the meantime, I'm going to keep my eyes on him and not at the Pharaoh who's coming after me. I'm not going to look at the chariots that are coming after me. I'm going to look at God Almighty. Didn't he say that he'll take me to Canaan? Didn't he say that? He said that. No matter what is in front of me, I know. The one who gave his word is faithful. God wants to move you from point A to point B. It's not good to be stuck in point A for too long and be happy and say that I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. God says, you have faith, good. That's why I'm here. I want to bump you up your faith. Hallelujah. He doesn't want you to stay with that little faith. God wants you to have big faith. And if you want to get big faith, he will take you to the process where your faith will go from one place to another. Through that process, are you willing to keep your eyes on what he has spoken? What he has spoken shall come to pass. Every word God has spoken shall come to pass. Because his word prevails over death. His word prevails over sickness. His word prevails over loss. His word prevails over everything. If he says no to something, no one can alter that and write and yes. If he says yes to something, no one can override the end, put a no there. It cannot happen. If God says stop, no one can say go. And if God says go, no one can stop. 
So whose words are we going to listen to? Listen to the word of the living God. He has a power to alter the course of nature. He has a power to alter the course of nature. He has the power to heal our bodies. Are we going to look at what we have right now? And give in to fear. God is speaking to you today. He's looking at your faces this afternoon. He says, don't be afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. No matter what you're facing today. If you want your faith to grow. And you're crying, oh, Lord, give me faith. There are a lot of people praying like, oh, Lord, increase my faith. Give me faith. Give me faith. And when God says, I'll give you faith, and he takes you to the journey where your faith can grow. At that time, they say, oh, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get... How is your faith going to grow? How is it going to grow? You know, there are babies, once they, it's time for them to be weaned. And they put them on the high chair and try to give them the food. A lot of times when you put them, the food in their mouth, they go, they don't want it. They absolutely don't want it. And you try more, then they'll try to spit, and then they'll try to push that spoon away. They'll try to show their nose with their little hands until they are subdued <laughs> by the food and the mother. And after that, they start to like it. Then they'll open their mouth and say, give me more, ah, give me more, ah, until their little tummies fall. Many times we're like that. When God wants to bump up our faith, uh, we have been crying for that faith all along. And when God wants to push us up, and God says, I'm going to take you through this path to get you to where you need to get to. That time we start crying. We say, oh, Lord, I don't want to get me out of this. Get me out of this. And God says, you want to go further or you want to be stuck? If you want to be stuck, he'll say, stay stuck. And then we'll be singing the same thing. Lord, give me faith. Leave me. I'm tired of my unbelief. I'm tired of my unbelief. And God says, you're tired of your unbelief. That's why I'm trying to help you. At that point, don't say, Lord, this is too much. I can't. Do you want to go further? If you want to go further, then God will take you on that super roller coaster ride. <laughs> That'll be very nice if you go with God. You know why? You'll sit on his lap. You go, wee. <laughs> you need to, you know how we need to sit? This is the vision that God is showing me while I'm speaking. If you sit in front of God on his lap and look at where you're going, you're going to be terrified. You're going to go, scream. But if you sit the other way on God's lap and put your hand and your head on his chest and hug him tight, and he takes you on the ride, you're not going to get scared. When daddy says we, you're also going to say we, because you're not even seeing what's in front of you. You're seeing his chest. Learn to lean upon God Almighty. Don't position yourself in a way that you're going to be kicking and screaming. Position yourself in a way that you will rejoice in tribulation. There is such a thing. You rejoice in tribulation when? You face the heart of God. There's such a thing as being joyful in the path that God is taking you through. When? When your eyes are not on the problem, but it's on the word of God, the maker of heaven and earth. Shall we all stand up together? Hallelujah.